Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes, the Story Screen Presents podcast where we see new movies. New movies. Ever heard of them? Uh, it's been a while since I've been here. My name is Robbie Anderson. I occasionally host Hot Takes. We all do it now. It's fun. It's fun for everybody. It's fun for me to do it right now, this moment. Uh, happy to be back. I'm joined by the White Knight of Movies, a voice you're all too familiar with, Michael Burge. It me. Hi. How's it going? It's going good. Uh, I am excited to be on this episode to talk about the latest installment in one of my favorite film franchises. Your, fa- your favorite cinematic universe. Uh, my favorite. I mean, <laughs> it's your favorite uh, one, right? I, like, would you, what's better i don't know tell me what's i don't know would, like i mean would you like fast and furious is a cinematic universe and i really like those um do you like it more though probably at this point at this uh, point you maybe. know overall everything you know but right again my rule with these movies is like i kind of count them as like one thing because i'm cheating mm-hmm. we'll see well, we are about to talk about, yes, the latest installment in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, a movie that is like, you know, we're like, hey, maybe this is it. Maybe we can, maybe we can like these movies again. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and we are here to talk about, we're here to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, the first time I think Story Screen has been able to cover uh, like hot takes wise, a Guardians movie because I think Guardians Two might have come out before we were doing this. Uh, Did we do? There's not a hot take for Guardians Two, is there? Uh, there might be actually. I can look that maybe up. Maybe I spoke. Maybe I spoke too soon. I can look that up. Um, I feel like it came out definitely like right at the cusp of like when we started doing stuff i know that me and you did an episode on both the guardians movies we've we've talked about them yeah we've talked about guardians before um but yeah this is the at least you know it's the first time in a while uh we've been back in the hot seat to talk about the guardians of the galaxy Uh, we we did a guardians of the galaxy volume two hot takes it was episode 24 Wow. Okay, so it was early. Mm-hmm. That's how long ago it was. I forgot. Uh, Mike, I know. You know, before we break into what our hot takes are on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, uh, for listeners who may not be familiar uh, with your relationship to Guardians, uh, I just know that you like these the first two movies a lot. I think they're probably your not to speak for you, mm-hmm. but I think they're one of your your favorite uh, group of characters and movies in the MCU. And I'd love to hear you talk a bit more about that briefly. Uh, yeah. So uh, me and Robbie recorded an over drinkers um, back right before, I believe infinity war was about to come out. We did like a big MCU breakdown where we covered all of the MCU movies over the course of multiple episodes on over drinkers, sometimes focusing in on one movie or a few movies as over drinkers usually does. And me and you for guardians one and two uh, drank a lot of cosmopolitans mm-hmm. and got very drunk uh, and talked about our feelings. That's also the night notoriously where we watched Bronson afterwards. Because that, that movie's so fucking good. Yeah, that's the, yeah, that was that was a good night. 
Yeah, um, I was like blacking out, but I remember Bronson. Oh yeah, uh, me too. Yeah, but I, yeah. <laughs> I I had seen Bronson already, so I I was able to like really loosey goosey with with that one. Um, yeah, Guardians are like special movies to me just because I have this v- very odd, um, uh, serendipitous kind of like thematic connection with uh, Peter Quill's character and like his experiences with his mother and cancer and his deadbeat dad leaving uh, before he was born and just kind of just being like this asshole kind of thing. And there's like a a bunch of other um, connections and stuff throughout the movies that are just, they just kept being very odd to me. Like as I was watching the movies for the first time being like, the fuck that's kind of, specific towards like my experience (laughs) or at least how I perceive the experience. And, you know, it's been a while uh, since that's happened because we haven't had a guardians movie um, for quite some time because we had the whole James Gunn kerfuffle where he wasn't making movies for the MCU for that bit. And the guardians were kind of popping in and out of MCU movies for a little bit without his um, oversight or his him handling it all. Um, but now we're back with a third one and I was excited and also terrified to see what this movie might, um, hold in regards for its specificity towards the parallels that it has with my life. Um, there's some, uh, but not as strong because notoriously, as everybody knows, this movie is not so much, Peter Quill's movie as it is Rocket Raccoon's movie and to that extent also like the Guardians movie as a whole. This movie kind of like uh, spreads everything out a little bit evenly for everyone else sans Rocket. Yeah, I kind of didn't realize um, that this movie was going to be kind of light on Star-Lord uh, comparatively to the to the films before it makes sense though because when you look back at like you know what he went through with uh, with his father in Guardians two it's kind of like I guess that does wrap up a lot of things about him but we can talk more about that <clears throat> in a little bit but yeah and in, in the nature of hot takes uh, if you're first time listening or if you need a refresher hot takes we we give our hot takes on the movie spoiler free for the first twenty minutes we take a break and then we come back and we go spoiler filled so if you haven't seen guardians yet and you're just trying to get your feet wet see if it's something you should go see you're in the right part of the podcast but uh mike what is what is your hot take on uh guardians 3 your your base level thoughts your spicy spicy thoughts uh i think that guardians 3 is a um you know uh, uh i think it's a great closer to the trilogy um I think it's a, a, a gonzo little goofy movie. I think it's the most James Gunn movie we've gotten um, ever, honestly. Even his stuff that was removed <laughs> from the MCU or DC universes and stuff like that. I think that this movie has so much of James Gunn's um, taste and soul in it. Um, it's crazy to watch a Marvel movie uh, that has characters um it's crazy it was it's crazy <laughs> i really like i forgot what that was like uh when you can just get like this bombastic blockbuster movie that has so much money behind it and so much marketing and just like so much talent because of how much money they can put into these things and it also has like a soul behind it and you can tell that people actually care 
about what they're doing, whether they be the actors or the writer, the director, it's there's so much love in this thing and it's so sentimental and it's so earnest and sincere in what it's trying to do, which is what makes the Guardians movie so much fun is like, you know, there's this sincerity and this sentimentality and not taking itself too seriously because like it also has like a talking tree and a talking raccoon, like all of these things that have become commonplace in movies for us now, which, you know, right. when the first Guardians came out, that was quite new and refreshing. And one of the things that I don't like about the MCU at this point is that they've all started becoming like the Guardians movies, where they're kind of like these funny, like they're too funny, where like Guardians was supposed to be funny for like a reason, like because it was kind of like a goofball premise. Yeah, it had its own like identity. And then all comedy. the MCU movies like started taking it, taking that from them. You know, like Ant-Man and the Wasp colon Quantumania is attempting to be a Guardians movie Guardians. in a certain way. Yeah. And yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen that one still. <laughs> it's not good. I mean, that's it. Like it's that's it. It's not good. Um and it was refreshing to get back to like, no, these are the characters that started that. And even though the MCU machine is still kind of turning in the background and you can kind of feel it at times in the movie, uh, it was refreshing to get something that not only has all of those things that you were expecting, but again, like has like characters and soul and a love and appreciation for what they're doing while also at the same time, not taking itself too seriously. Like, yeah. So, like, my condensed hot take would be, like, it's everything that you want a Guardians of the Galaxy movie to be, and at the same time, it's everything that a Guardians of the Galaxy movie needed to be to be the last one. Okay. Uh, my hot take is, that the headline is, worst Guardians of the Galaxy movie, best... <laughs> Marvel movie in years. Yeah. Uh, but I think, you know, it's a great, it was a, I had a really good time watching it. Um, I think it has some, it, the only issues I really had had with it were kind of like more pacing issues mm -hmm. um, that I think the movie, like once it kind of like starts moving, it, yes, it overcomes those this problems, is, but it, you can almost pinpoint when it hits its stride. Yeah, like about do like think, 20, 25 minutes in, you're like, oh, here we go. Okay. All right. All right. I think like the first maybe even like half hour of this movie yeah. is like shockingly sloppy pacing wise. It's like, what the fuck is going? It's like, it's not even like bombastic fun. It's just like, if you are just through, you were just like spitting words at me, like, stop, stop. Like, don't yell plot at me. But um, the thing is uh, kind of like what you were saying, the uh, tone, motifs, characterizations mood style like all of those things about this movie the things that made uh guardians of the galaxy always so special it makes these characters when they pop in and other movies so special and kind of what james gunn is truly a master of uh kind of shines through even the even in the movie's dullest moments which there are a few um for the most part it is a it's a really good time but uh, yeah, I do think it doesn't really hold a candle to the movies that come before it. There's some set pieces and moments that feel big. But I do think, you know, it's it's a movie where it's middle is a lot of fun, moving at a pretty good pace. And I really enjoy it. But its bookends kind of leave me um, 
unsatisfied and questioning. I'm I'm curious to talk about like you know when we get into spoilers yeah. like the end of the movie and the future of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Uh, Sans James Gunn, but we'll we'll talk more about that later. But yeah, I think it's I think it's very um, yeah, it's like what you said. It's a very sentimental movie. It I feel like it feels a little unsatisfying with the way it ends but it does like thematically feel satisfying with how it ends if that makes sense like it does kind of feel like like oh this is like it, james gunn is 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 shooting fireworks in the skies like this is my last I mean, one he's, guys he's, and going, he's cool. going for like, it you can't and he's can't going even, for it yeah I, I one of the interesting takes that i had going into the movie that i was curious if so i kind of had this lens on like i'm gonna go see the movie again this weekend um, and I really, truly do believe that this is a movie that is going to benefit from a second watch because there's, oh, especially with something that I have built up this high in my mind, the first viewing, like you, you know, you always have that thing, like, is it at least going to be good? And so you're kind of Please. like nervous yeah. and not letting the movie take you over a little bit to the extent that maybe you should be allowing it in. And on the second watch with a movie like this, which I did like, I liked a lot of the beats. I liked how it turned out watching it again i'll be able to really kind of focus in on some of the parts that maybe i found a bit exhausting kind of like what yeah. you were talking about like i i think that i think that it's it's an exhausting experience for better or worse like it's some of the exhaustive tendencies are a lot of fun and some yeah. of them felt a little um meandering but i feel like on a second watch that'll come together more but on this first watch i had this lens of like Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, is A New Hope. We're introduced to these characters. They go on an adventure. Volume two is Empire Strikes Back. It's a little bit darker um, in in tone of like just like what's happening to these characters and what they're going through. They're also, also separated. It's a father, father story. It's a father, sto exactly. father story. So yeah. I was like, is this going to be Return of the Jedi? Like not beat for beat, but like is this going to be something that kind of closes it off? That's like hearkening back to the tone and mood of the original Star Wars trilogy. And I think that you know, obviously, we can get into specifics in the spoilers, but I think it very much is. I think that there's a lot of the same beats in this movie from Return to the Jedi, um, down to some very specific stuff. Um, so and you I, got your Ewoks. I, exactly. This is what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. So it's <laughs> it's it's very interesting to kind of yeah. look at it from that point of view. Um, does that like kind of like behind the scenes thematic motif a good movie make? No, not on its own. But I do think that the movie, just like the other movies, stands on its own as like this kind of continuation of the story. I don't think that volume two would work as a movie without volume one. And I don't think that volume three would work at a, as a movie without two and one. I think that volume three would work much better as a movie if it wasn't for Infinity War and Endgame and Thor Love and Thunder. And there's been some interviews with James Gunn where it kind of seems like he's also not yes. super jazzed yeah. about the way they handled his characters it, in his absence. You can feel it in the movie, which is why that first half hour is kind of filled with a lot of clunky dialogue. Is he's just like, I have to catch up. Like, because yeah. 25 years from now, when somebody pops in volume three because they just got done watching volume two, they're going to be like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. What's happening? I was actually surprised they didn't even have like uh, a flashback scene of like 
Gamora like with them and then leaving to like kind of try and implant it in. They I mean, actually where the, where the fuck are you gonna put it? Exactly. Because that's I mean, the thing about this movie too. It's the the story structure like the narrative structure of the movie like it works, but it's like one of those like cars that can go so fast but it's like put together with like duct tape and bubble gum you're like this thing is moving at an unbelievable speed but like pieces pieces are flying off off, like left yeah and it's like it's gonna cross the finish line but i do think like like you know like slaps top of movie this this guy fits a lot of plot in it remarkably so but it is but when like, you, you slap know, the top of the movie like one of the wheels like kind of like falls <laughs> yeah, off it on the like, side like, like, it falls apart mm, a little bit you're like okay we can put it back on um, sorry you know there's there's flat there are flashbacks there's backstory um the movie holds a lot of capital p plot in it and for the most part it does handle that well once it's moving it's moving and and I'm into it, but I do think, you know, that there's even further clunkiness with the ways. It's just like not so much like, you know, times where they choose the flashback that are bad. It's just kind of or I I guess what I mean is Mm -hmm. like the flashbacks themselves are good. Maybe the times when they choose to like enter flashback is like, I guess we're doing flashback. One would say um, non-character driven. Yes. Um, Have you have you you're watching Yellow Jacket season two right now? I am. So. I always think it's funny when they choose to give a flashback for the coach because you just have like some starving chick throwing piss off the side of a mountain. And then it's just like, by the way, coach is gay. (laughs) Just like does a flashback Mm -hmm. to like, I feel like it never, it's like, they're they're, like, we got to put it. I mean, the episode needs to have a flashback to remind us that he is this character. And I feel like the moments they choose to pull us into those flashbacks are always a little odd. By the way, spoilers for yellow jackets, Robert. Coach is gay. Sorry, guys. Uh, I, I do believe too that uh, in Yellow Jackets, slight tangent. I swear to God, yeah. it won't be long at all. I do believe that Yellow Jackets is playing the long con of um, <laughs> pretending so. to make like not make fun of, or I, I think they're trying to subvert the lost expectations by putting blatant ripoffs into it and like mislead. I think that they're doing it on purpose, like the flashback stuff, like that. You know, because that's like the first time that we've really seen that because we we never were really getting flashbacks. They don't flashback yeah. prior to the, the kind of when the plot starts. Yeah, like you know? prior to yeah. being lost on there, like in the first season, a little bit to just kind of fill in like, who are these girls? What were their relationships beforehand? But it's like the day before they get on the right. plane. But they you also know, have like, like yeah. they have like, you know, there's like that weird hatch moment, like not getting specific or anything for everybody. <laughs> but like, I truly do think that they are like kind of poking fun at it. There's a couple lines in some of the recent uh, episodes that are making fun of even just like all of the fan theories about Lost while Lost was on that people are having for Yellow Jackets right now that the writers of Yellow Jackets have like commented on because they're like watching them all and they're like writing them into the script, like as these kind of like red herrings and like false leads and stuff. I feel like my last point on Yellow Jackets, a show that I actually don't, I don't think I actually like that much, but I will be watching every single week. Sure. Um, I feel like people who really like that show really like all the conversation around the show more so than the show itself. Sure. I think it's like, I think it is a very like interesting water cooler show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's trying to be that and it's doing 
It is doing that well. Always a YouTube video about what happened on the last... What, what weird what shit's going on mean? in there? What is What could the polar bear represent? <laughs> um, back to Guardians. But yeah, I think the moments where they choose to do flashbacks and stuff are just a little clunky. But the flashback themselves, you know, some of the, the stronger beats of the movie. But it is like... <clears throat> It's it's just trying to like it's just a movie that's kind of trying to do a lot. And I think it's remarkable that it like, you know, it does it. But I do think it's like, you know, it leaves you feeling somehow at the end of an exhausting two hour and 30 minute movie. That's pretty good. It feels unsatisfying in some ways. Uh And I think that's kind of what like I'm wrestling with, excited to talk about. Um about this movie where I'm just like, yeah, I did really enjoy it, but like, how is it like after eating the buffet? Sure. I don't like, you know, like how, how I'm still like not super satisfied. I mean, I feel like I might be a little bit of the opposite, which is why I need that second viewing. Like while I was watching it, I was kind of nervous. And again, there's like exhaustive qualities to it. And I'm like, Oh, was that the right choice? But then sometimes it pays off later. So on the second watch, I'll know that that pays off. Right. I found myself like while watching it and walking out of the theater being like, that was good. I had a lot of fun. You know, it's it's not exactly what I wanted, but it's it, 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 it made good on its promise of what it was going to be. I kind of wanted it to exceed my expectations, but it just kind of hit them on the head. And the more I thought yeah. about it last night and this morning, I'm finding myself like finding things about it that. I truly do like love like there are scenes and moments in it that I'm just like what a scene what a and and what like what a weird choice to make to make that scene whether they be like funny goofy jokes and stuff like that or very like sincere moments that are just like what a great idea um I'm finding myself warming to it but I'm warming to the memory of the experience of it I gotta get I gotta get in there and watch it again and really like fully kind of just like take it in and just really come out the other end with like, you know, that's one of the disadvantages of hot takes is like, you know, we're just saw the thing. So we're just kind of giving yeah, our, 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 our opinions on movies change, yeah. uh, which is all right. You know, like uh, what is it like a, a movie like Upgrade? I like a lot more in retrospect than I did when we did our hot yeah. take. Uh, there are plenty. There are plenty of movies that we'd like more. But yeah, I do think. You know, with Gu- Guardians does does a lot right, and I think its heart is in the right place, and the fact that it even has one sets it apart from uh, <laughs> exactly. Marvel movies of the past few. It was years. a little refreshing. Yeah, and it's and it's sad to you know, uh, with without getting into spoilers, but you know, this is James at the very least this is James Gunn's last Guardians movie, so you can make some implications with that. But uh, you know, seeing this movie and seeing you know a movie that has all the problems of recent MCU movies, but stands so tall just on characterization alone. It's going to be, it's kind of sad to like, you know, not imagining a future without these, imagining an MCU without a lot of these actors and characters because they've popped up in many a movie before. And like, you know, there's some of the best parts like infinity war would not be half of good what it is without the Guardians. No, not at all. I recently rewatched that and I was like, the Guardians are like the best part of this movie. Like that's... They make they make it so good. And even like, you know, I think probably my favorite part of uh, Thor Love and Thunder is when it's like, oh, I get to see these guys. I rewatched the first like 20 minutes of that too, just they're like great. get ready. And I was just like, they're on it. Like this is just, 
it, it's one of those things like the characters that James Gunn has perfected and created these versions of them. The actors carry that with them, you know, yeah. so it's like even if James Gunn wasn't involved in Infinity War, Infinity War, which he was like, let's not. No, I think he was on. I think at that point it was all squash. He was on He's set trying to it. re. He's like the whole is like, I didn't like what they did. Uh, I didn't like what they did in that. And I'm like, motherfucker, well, you didn't write it, you, but he got to. You got said to that you were involved. It. Like, why didn't you say yeah. something then? Like, it's like, yeah, it's I mean, like the whole big thing with Peter. Hitting Thanos and dooming half of the universe and everyone was like, why would Peter do that? Like, I've always been a staunch defender, whether James Gunn came up with it or not, that Peter Quill's whole thing. It's why I really connect with him on like a very basic level he's a man child that is what his character is and i don't think that james gunn is like not admitting that but i think he's maybe thinking that like his man childness doesn't go to that level when it's time to like suit up he gets done what he needs to get done but like that scene there is like he is upset and you know we get a lot of that in this movie too where it's just like his emotions get the better of him and he doesn't know how to articulate them because his arc throughout the movies have been really just learning to rely on other people for that kind of familial bond yeah but he needs to learn how to be able to express himself earnestly and honestly with these people And I feel like that's kind of his subplot in um, volume three as well, is like him trying to like figure out what his place in the Guardians is supposed to be and what his place with his family is supposed to be. Yes, I do think that is an element of it, despite I do feel like it feels it's just it's a movie that does a lot. And I do think that is there, but it feels like. The way it is, it and the way sure. that that plot yeah. line enters the chat yes. is so, yes. so yeah. shoehorned. I mean, this but movie, it is, this but movie once, has again, a once lot it's going on. It's it has a it's lot very going on. It's hard for things to not seem shoehorned when everything is just kind of given a brief entrance kind of thing, and then it's just like, well, yeah. it's here now, and now it's and not. Luckily, like you know, once it's once it's there, a lot of these plot lines, like you know, they do they they. They fall into place and they make a lot of sense. I do agree with you, though. Like, um, the, the entrance of a lot of these things is a little clunky. But just like the plot of the movie, it's like once it gets going and it's established, it's like, OK, here we go. It's just they're constantly yeah. like entering in these things. And you're just like, guys, guys, are we really going to deal with this, too? Like, can we just come? I know that you yeah. want to give all the characters their little arcs and their payoffs and stuff. But like, you've got 27 characters. Yeah. Some of them can just be supporting. It's okay. Some of them, I argue, don't need to be in the movie um, at all. Um, I think there's one character um, who's great, um, but if you cut him out, um, if you cut him out, the movie would be um, exactly the same. It's crazy he's even there. Uh, I think it's time that we get into spoilers. We have danced around them long enough. Mike, you and I both recommend seeing this movie, I assume. I do, and I'm... Um, I'm curious why you haven't asked me about uh, what I'm drinking. It's a Mike's Hard Lemonade, zero sugar. Yeah, I thought you'd bring that up. Huh? Yeah. Oh, okay. You want me to bring? You, I thought you you'd be like, I thought you'd be like, are you drinking a fucking Mike's Hard Lemonade at some point? I honestly, like, I kept no, like trying to put the so, logo towards you. There is so little you do that can surprise <laughs> me anymore. Nah, so, I'm just like, oh yeah, he has a bunch of. He went insane one night and bought a bunch of Mike's. Sophia Lemonade. got me two Mike's 
zero sugar hard lemonades uh, for my birthday <laughs> last night. Great. Yeah. Great. It was like a ro- it, well, it was a Roger Rabbit themed gift basket. And so this was like, oh, and they're in there. like, gotcha. You want to drink, drink it like kind of thing. So this was that. And it's Mike because my name's Mike. And yes. I wanted something, you know, a little light and electric to drink for this episode. And uh, I was like, well, light and electric. It's always every episode is an overdrinkers with Mike. Lynch. Well, <clears throat> we'll talk about that more in spoilers, won't we? <laughs> I guess we will. We'll be right back with spoilies for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be right back. Hey, guys, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, which is Nature's Pantry. Nature's Pantry is an alternative grocery store that has been serving our friends and neighbors in the Hudson Valley for over 30 years. With two over 10,000 square feet locations in both Fishkill and New Windsor, they aim to meet the needs of every healthy diet and lifestyle. They offer an extensive selection of items for gluten-free, vegetarian, vegan, keto, and paleo diets, along with a wide variety of healthy and clean alternatives to whatever you might find at any conventional chain supermarket. Each location has a deli serving prepared foods daily, an eco-friendly bulk department, extensive body care and supplement departments, as well as the largest organic produce departments in Orange and Dutchess counties in New York. For more information, visit naturespantryhv.com. And we're back with spoilies for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. You didn't make your Who Dies joke, and this is like the perfect episode to do that. Oh, you're right. And now we're going to... Oh, man. Do you want to try it again? Maybe... (laughs) <laughs> well, no, you're supposed to do it in the beginning. Maybe you could, okay, I'll I'll say it clean, and you could put it in before. I will definitely edit this. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Yeah, just make sure that I can see where the cut needs to go. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. We'll be right back, and I'm going to tell you who dies. Okay, now just wait a second, and then come back and clean. And now we're here to talk about spoil. <laughs> it's hard to do it. It's hard to do it. Now I think you should leave it in this way. That um, was always the plan. This is everybody that's listening to it right now is like, did they mess up? It's like, no, no. So yeah, there, you know, an age old bit where it used to make you guys mad when I was like, I'm going to tell you guys you died. So I'm like, don't do that. Well, because you would do it right when we came come back, and people it are listening to ads territory. or like announcements, town. and then it's just like Mufasa dies, and everyone's like, "What are you doing? What do you mean?" Uh, so the discourse train on Guardians, you know, the choo choo, it moves quickly. Uh, but one of the most interesting things that I am kind of like, yeah, it is kind of intense, right? Uh. The animal violence in the movie <laughs> is gruesome. Gruesome. There's gruesome. a lot of uh, I this this is a rated R movie. I don't give a shit. I'm I'm this surprised. Is... I I don't know if like you know should you take kids to this one? We probably should have said that. In the take kids to fucking. Like, I don't take know. kids to fucking anything. They can take anything. It's not about kids. Sure. It's about dumbass parents that don't want their kids to see certain things, and they're going to get mad at things and write on. Sure, when they're they're like I, I was consumergood.com or whatever. Yeah. No, like uh, uh, jumping straight to the end uh, when they peel um, the high evolutionary's face off. Oh my god, that shit's crazy. What he looks like under there—that is 
that's rated R. Like, that's what that is. I'm not trying to be like a little, uh, like, bitch about this or anything. Like, that is, oh, that is gore. That is scary. That is nightmare fuel. That's rated R. I also, I also say shooting a cute otter in the back. I mean, rated R. that fucking scene. Prison. Man. That shit's fucked up. I wanted to reach yeah, over and few... grab you so many times. <laughs> Because I could feel, had, I could had a feel your sadness, us. and I wanted to be like, eh. I had a few. I definitely yes, had a few tear jerking moments for sure. I uh, I will say the, the moment that really got me kind of the most, that I think that filled me with the most, like, oh, is uh, actually not really like a sad moment of the movie, but it was it was the one shot uh, towards the end of the movie where they're doing the, their hallway action scene. Yeah, man. And I was like, I was like, wow, this is it. For them because you know that's why that i think that that's, that's why that scene works it's like i think it's why yeah you're like this is it. it's the it's inversion great, it's of scene. that avengers scene that's like the one shot that goes all throughout the city you know when they're all like attacking you oh, seeing what they're doing right. it's the inversion yeah. of that where it's like it's them finally all together and in this one it's like this is their last time doing this all together like it has yeah. to be and you know uh Chris Pratt says that he's done the post credits that may or may not says otherwise. We can talk about that in a little bit. Um, I think uh, who plays uh, Gamora again? Uh, what? Um, Zoe Saldana? What are you fucking talking Zoe about? Zoe Saldana. Sorry. I just, yeah, I don't always do with the name. Avatar. She says she's done Avatar. Um, I don't know. Dave Bautista, I <laughs> I feel like he's been fucking done. Listen, none of these people are fucking done. Hugh Jackman's coming back in Deadpool 3. Everybody shut the fuck up. Patrick Stewart came money, back in No Way. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Or Multiverse of Madness. Just, Is that Multiverse of Madness? It's a, a matter of when. Multiverse oh, God, of Madness. God, these fucking movies. I can't take this anymore. I mean, at least that one's... That's the last one I that think I like. That fucking Flash trailer? That new one? Since you've been gone. That gave me uh, a cavity. Yeah. I'm like, what are we doing now? We're just letting go of everything. DC's over there being like, oh, you guys got multiverses? We got those too. And they're just like a child playing with a knife. You're like, what are you doing? Stop, stop it. Stop, stop. <laughs> Dad, I found your gun. <laughs> That's what it fucking is. You're like, no, 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 no. Stop, 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 stop. Uh, yeah, that Flash movie, I don't know. There, there's times in the trailer where I'm like, yeah, I kind of, I kind of like that. And then just seeing, like, you know, it almost looks like a deep-faked Michael Keaton, a man who's alive and on set during the movie, <sighs> saying, you want to get nuts? And I'm yeah, just like... We're going to find out Michael Keaton died, like, three years ago. And this is like... <laughs> they're like, we have to keep it under wraps until we get this movie out. It's we'll just, just deep-fake like, him. So, it's just, like, shit like that. It's, like, it's so flat. I'm like, what? Why are you saying and that? People, That's not your catchphrase. Why? It doesn't you even said make sense. that once to the Joker to make him confused. That's what and that you was improv the whole point. that line. Like it's not like it's not like <sighs> you know. It's crazy. I, I, I don't know about that movie. I'm I definitely gonna fucking see can't it. stand movies anymore, man. I can't fucking do it. They're just there's too many of them, and they're too loud. This movie was so. This movie was the so audio loud. was fucked up, right? N- no, I think it was just turned up too high. Everything well, seemed so, level. Well, that's what I mean. Every, oh, well, that's oh yeah. Everything seemed level yeah. very correctly. As far as I but could I tell the, and where we were sitting. The sound effect level, like, like, yeah, I was like talking to Claire about it. I was like, it was really loud. She's like, yeah, I was like into it kind of. I was like, I was into a lot of it as well, volume wise. 
But you could tell it was fucked up when like someone would fall in a steel grate and it felt like your fucking head was gonna split I open. I feel like, like that's not supposed to be the surround that base wrong. was up a little bit because the up the punches. Remember the uh, Oppenheimer yeah. trailer was kind of like about to destroy the building. Yeah, and I was into that. I was, I was into like, that too, and I was like, cool. Jesus Christ, yeah. this is like shaking my seat right now. It's like practically yeah. like 4DX. I was like, there were times where I was like, this is really pulling me into it. But there were parts where I was just like, is this the last movie I'm ever going to hear? Because my hearing's going to be shot after seeing this. I mean, and what it a could be, yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess all these motherfuckers could come back. But uh, I do think it's just, I think this movie kind of like, it made me a little sad because it reminded me or just kind of showed me. I was just like, yeah, James Gunn was kind of the last real one here. I mean... Right? Like he's he was the last he was the last real I mean, one. let's be honest, we didn't really have too many real ones. Yeah, like No. If by definition real ones directors that worked on more than one, right? Cause you could be yeah. a real one you can't be a real one and just work on one. You know, like no. uh fucking um Joe Johnson, first Avenger, you know, that's a real one, but he never made another one. Like he just made a really good MC movie and dipped out. I guess John Favreau was kind of a real one, but not. I think really. a real one is is they've made more than one. There's a few conditions. Okay. They've made more than one. And you could tell that seventy five percent of their vision made it through to the final cut. Who's the other real one? Exactly. It's not John Favreau because, like, Iron Man two, no, and Shane Black is responsible for I think, Iron Man I think three. Coo- I think Coogler, and Black Panther one, maybe Wakanda Forever. I don't know. I mean, that's the issue with Black Panther two is that I think Coogler's vision did make it through. I just think it's two of his visions because he had to. We talked about that. Yeah, where it's yeah, like there, there's he had so to do many, this. Like it, it's yeah. He didn't have to put Adam Warlock in his fucking movie. He did not have to put Adam Warlock in his fucking movie. No. But he fucking did. It's crazy. And you know, the thing is, I do I do like every scene. I of fucking like everything <laughs> that Will Poltier is doing. I like how the character is written. I like... But it's crazy the, if you just... If he wasn't in it at all. That's a two hour and five minute movie. Tight. Crazy. All the Sovereign stuff. But then how's Rocket going to get hurt? It's of no consequence. I guess yeah, is that's it's kind of like when they had to put in uh Ironheart in Wakanda Forever. It's just like so if we didn't have her in the movie, what would the movie be? It's just like how else would we have that, an exciting incident? That's it's what like it's becoming. Way, it's just like they're way. just like, Well, we gotta put we gotta put we got what what what's the joke? Um like like Glurp Shitto. <laughs> we gotta put Glurp <laughs> Shitto in this movie. Yeah, put Glurp Shitto in the movie so somehow. They can do it. He invented the formula. Now Glurp Shitto's in the movie. I am excited though, again, like I, I will I promise to not say this again. I'm excited to see it a second time to see how the Adam Warlock stuff works out a little bit better because it really is otherworldly when he arrives. And I don't think that it's intentional. It fucking might be. I don't know. I'm not gonna try and, you know, write this idea of oh, James Gunn was trying to do this thing, because I highly doubt it, but because it was just like he's like he presented the idea of Adam Warlock at the end of the second one, and then nobody fucking used it. Do you know the place to use that? Infinity War or yeah. Endgame. Just do that. Just use it there, and then he's introduced, and he can maybe just have him come in. Like that would have saved some time. I don't know. I guess have him come in, and he's like 
a baby that came out of the womb too soon because he's like kind of stupid. I mean, it's more like interesting than him being like his comic character because he, he would yeah, just kind of feel like a little like, too you know, stale. Yeah, and we could be if he was in Infinity War, we'd be complaining. It's like, oh, he's he has too much like plot weight on him. It's weighing. He's got too much power because he's a woman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Uh, what's the thing that super people say? Uh, Mary Sue. He's a Mary Sue. He's a Mary oh. Sue. <laughs> yeah, that's so smart. What a technical so term. Smart. Ooh la la. Fucking uh, sexist pieces of shit. <laughs> Dipshits. <laughs> Fucking garbage. Yeah, I think the beginning of the movie. Criticism. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to make anybody mad. It's you can think whatever you no, want about stuff. People. Don't fuck worry about people. it. Uh, I care. Um, well, yeah, fuck I think those people because nobody else sure is. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> this zero sugar Mike's out lemonade is going right to my head. It's going right to my brain. Uh, beginning of the movie. I think the the thing that stuck with me yeah. that is the kind of the biggest aggressor is when Mantis brings up peter quill's family on earth and i'm just like yo yeah. what the fuck are you talking yeah. like you know they they make it make sense they they feed it right they feed that plot now, throughout the movie i will but i will say she just says it i will say <laughs> yeah the grandfather character is in all three movies is he in the second? he is in the second one he is in the car on when we flash to Earth and like the blob is going out, he is in the car okay. that almost gets taken over by it because that actor is a close friend of James Gunn. He was in Slither. I'm pretty sure he was also in Super. It's why he's in these movies. So that thread is there. Like, so it's not like they drop it in the first one. I it's, mean, there is something not, that's nice okay. about like the book ending of that, but but you know that's not what. I'm saying, I, mm-hmm, yeah. I'm saying the plot, what's happening in the, I remember it very well. What's happening in the moment of the movie is that Peter Quill is disengaging the portals to get to the flesh thing, space station. Okay. And he is talking about how stressed out he is about how Rocket is dying. And then Mantis is just like, you remember when you left people behind? And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then they lampshade it because he is like, why are you bringing this up right now? And she's like, I don't know. And it's like, and then I'm in the chair like. Why are they bringing this up? Right well, now? I mean, that's what that's what not... makes James Gunn safe is like, well, I wrote a character saying it's ridiculous that this is happening. So, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just it was a bit of clunk that probably the biggest but realistically last moment that really took me out of the movie. After that, I was pretty much in. I would feel like that is like the biggest. That is. That but that's also a bit. perfect example of how they introduce something clunky. How it plays out and ends up is quite affecting it's in good. a certain is good. But also at the same time, you don't need it. No. Like I am happy that it is included and that it turns out the way that it does, and it gave me that emotional like jolt. But you also didn't need that. No. And that's kind of the issue with the movie, but like I don't think that I don't think that it's like a deal breaker they in any had way. Peter Quill just go home. They could have just, just had gone him go home. home. They don't need he he fucking rambos his ass up that road and he knocks on a door has a weird kind of like bigot e interaction like did you get that read from that a black yeah, woman yeah, yeah. opens the door and he's like oh i must be at the wrong house i'm like what the fuck are you talking about like that well, that's probably his he wife he hasn't been on earth in a while <laughs> he left in the 80s man like this isn't like he left her in like raisin in well, the she sun was like, like, she was like younger too because is she his wife or was or is she like a character absolutely no like, fucking idea i mean yeah, i so assumed I 
Because he talks, well, because at the end, isn't he talking about, are they talking about the neighbor? I'm not getting into this. Fuck. I'm not doing this. I'm not talking about the post-credit scene where he's eating cereal and it's not supposed to be taken seriously in any way. Um, Okay. What else do we want to talk about? Let's get off of that. I'm not going on that tangent because that's too much. Um, yeah, I think I think all, uh, all the Rocket stuff works pretty well. I think this being Rocket's story is good. Uh, there, there is a scene where he has his like, you know, he's he's like going towards the light. Basically, he's about to die, but he doesn't. And uh, he's chilling with the otter, and the otter's just like, "It's been your story all along." And I almost just Again. like, it, it's Again. not, it's not really another thing. It's like. <laughs> You didn't have to say it out loud. I already got it. I got it. It's the same thing like Mantis being like, well, remember when you left people behind? You know, kind of thing where you're just like, I'm already aware of that. Like it's, but again, like that's, that's that MCU machine that's kind of working where James Gunn has to catch up on certain things because Marvel Disney CEOs just like, well, what if no one's ever seen this? Or like the other ones, or what if yeah. no one like remembers? Like you have to remind them, and it's just like, well, all right, yeah. It's I don't know. It's hard. It's only going to get harder the more they make these movies, yeah. and the legacy gets longer and longer and longer. It's and why longer, they reboot you know? comic books all the time. It's yeah. like they get to this like kind of twenty thirty year mark where it's just like there's too much. We need to yeah. redo it. Like in the span of my lifetime. There has literally been a brand new universe created on both sides of DC and Marvel, the two, the big twos that they have already completely redone, you know, like, yeah. I mean, it was a new 50, new 52, new 52 and ultimate, else. like all, the ultimate yeah. line, like, and they were just like, all right, combine the ultimate line and get rid of the new 52. <laughs> That's it. We're, we're yeah. done. I like the ultimate comics. They are fun. Um, man. They are cool. They're so like 2000s. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the rocket stuff works well. It's, it's kind of the, the, the plot line that I think was in the oven the longest. Like it's the most fully baked part of the movie is all the stuff with rocket. Yeah. Um, I think high evolutionary top, top three. Marvel I'm Marvel? into it. I saw, I, I saw what some, doing. I saw some anti-high evolutionary jargon on the internet and i'm like what's going on what are you doing first of all that actor also in uh peacemaker Mm -hmm. um chuck woody uh iwoji robert he is great he's great in peacemaker and in this movie he you could just tell he is fucking bringing it like be insane he's like you got it. He bro. looks like he is having also, so much fucking fun. So much. He fun. looks like he is they having get to do a so face-off joke fun. with him. It's that <clears throat> is so fucking good. <laughs> Look, we're we're talking about some gripes here and there, but again, I'm going to restate like a lot of these things are not deal breakers for me. They're little tiny things that kind of happen to go like kind of takes you out of the movie a little bit, but they're I in service of bigger the last things. One. Yes. And that's why it's like, I just wish you fucking didn't do that because this, this I said it. I wouldn't say it again, but you know, you know what I mean? When you see it, I, when you I, see it again. I think it'll all come together a little bit better without that kind of nerve wracking. This is the final time kind of thing, because I get to watch I'm this sure movie as much as I want. I'm sure it will. But again, like, you know, Gamora being with the Ravagers feels a little like I'm, did she go with the Ravagers at the end of Infinity War or at the end of Endgame? I was trying to remember this. I literally just watched that movie. It was why I maintain that Endgame I, I, is like, not all that I great. I totally forgot. 
or it didn't happen it's, and it felt again, very it's like no like, way home when points. you're in it it's great. it's great it's like eating a whole bag of chips like when you're doing it it's fantastic and then when the so bag good. is empty sitting on the table next to your couch and you're just like looking at it and you're like i ate that whole fucking bag of chips you're just like why did i do that why what happened <laughs> like why am i doing this to myself yeah why is captain marvel yeah. so powerful because she's a woman Dude, I, <laughs> I like that Mar- that Marvel's trailer. I kind of like. I don't know. I know. Yeah, we were talking about like that before, right? We was like, oh, yeah. I'm not too. This is the only Marvel movie. I'm, I was like, not the Marvels. He's like, man, that trailer though. Like that trailer I hits. Seen, I I haven't seen um Miss Marvel, the Kamala Khan. Show. Yeah, you Ms. should watch Marvel. that. That's a fun. That's a, that's it's one a of the, fun one of the fun movies. little show. I think the last Marvel show I watched was She Hulk, and I did like it. I, it took me a while to get Such into a it. But Disney I did like shill. It. It's a good show. It's fun. Yeah, I like the show. I it's like good. comic books. Go fuck yourself. I like it's. I don't know. Yeah. It's I got bad taste. Leave me alone. I have a letterbox. Go follow me. Follow me, please, 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 please follow, follow me. me. Letterbox, <laughs> please. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, a lot. A lot of the movie does work. We are, or maybe I'm focusing on the gripes, but uh, yeah, I think the stuff with Rocket really works. I think. Um, all the emotional manipulation with with Frankenstein, Winnie the Pooh, is fun, and very James Gunn as well. I mean, he really got. There's some. There are some like character designs in this movie that are just so... the bunny. I think I had a nightmare about last Floor? night. I was like, please, oh, yeah, man. yeah, Floor. Yeah, I was like, please, don't these do are this. my friends. I know these people. Diana was yeah, like, I was driving to like um, get some drinks with a friend with D the other day, and I was just talking about. Like, oh, I'm finally getting excited about Guardians. Like, I, I can't wait to go see it. And, like, I want to see Lila and Teefs and Floor. And she's like, what the fuck did you just say? Well, you know, Lila and Teefs and, and I was like, I hope Walrus is in it. That's that's <laughs> Lila's uncle. <laughs> like, she's like, how do you know this shit? And I'm like, I, I, I don't even know at this point. I don't know. It's from Little seeing, Tinies. Seeing young, seeing young Rocket struggle to speak. And like it's it's all like shit that dude is so cute. his first it's word so mani- it's oh my god it hurts just hurts I want to kill m- hurts I wanted to kill myself I, I was like it's so fucking cute I thought and this might be a little bit of like um, hopeful rewriting on my part the end of the uh, po- post credit when he's like on your yeah. word Captain I thought he was gonna word. say hurt like he was gonna be That'd like be good. Like or like hurt him or something like that. Like I thought that that's what they were gonna do. And that now that cool. I say that out loud, maybe not as cool. Maybe a little bit on the nose. Um, I don't know. It, I when when that happened, like all the all the rocket stuff is just like like you said. That is the stuff that was definitely supposed to be there. It's a lot like Black Panther two, where it's like you can tell that like all of the um, Namor stuff is supposed to be there. Yeah, like that's like, oh, that's what this is. That's what this movie was supposed to be. That's been there for a while, yes. despite whatever meddling has happened in because of what yeah. had to happen or anything like that. So it is. I don't I but I don't know what you drop out of this movie with the exception of Adam Warlock. And I wouldn't want to lose that because I do think that it is fun. I do think that it's what fun. Will Poulter is doing is good. And I love seeing Elizabeth Debicki just up there just making a lot of money. 
me and D were talking about how because <laughs> we're watching uh, The Crown season five. We just finished it, and she plays um, Princess D in that. Uh, and we were, I was just kind of like, I don't think there's any other actor in the world right now that I am just happy is in big projects where she's making a shit ton of money than Elizabeth Debicki. Like, good on you, you tall <laughs> well, she's queen. So, she is so fun in the in the Guardians movie. She is. Like, um, she gets it. Like, she and gets it. And also, it. it's it's cool that, like, we did get a little bit of Sovereign. I do really like Sovereign, like, as a concept. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, they just didn't really give them, you know, not, like, justice for, like, that plot line. But if they, if they just gave them a bit more to do maybe would have made more sense to where? kill her and then where, where are they gonna get exactly, exactly. Where, yeah. where are they gonna do it yeah so that's why it's like you know there's some things where you're just like yeah i kind of wish there was a bit more of this it's like well you, there was no room there was no room you yeah. want to watch a two hour and 45 minute movie it's like i did not yeah. what do you uh, think about um because this is this is a, a gripe that sometimes me and you butt heads on, especially in like MCU or even just blockbuster movies. Like, what did you think about the MacGuffin fetch quest of the whole thing? Like the kill switch uh, or the kill switch. Code? I mean, it's essentially like we have to go get the kill switch code. So first we have to go here to pick up this thing, which sends us to this place. But then that's not there. So now we have to go here. And now that place is moving. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's that's kind of like the journeyman it- thing. I'm glad that there's only one. Uh, (laughs) I think when there's more than one, this is when I get really pissed off. Uh, I think ultimately it works in the movie. It's, uh, I think it's a good MacGuffin in the sense where it does uh, have a lot of like emotional through line with it. Like, you know, it's half like inside rocket. I think having to pull it out of some dude's head robot. is also like with a knife is like he uses like a fucking box cutter like it's pretty i didn't cool. know what it was at first i was like is that like a space tool that's gonna like take it off and i was like oh that's no. a knife yeah which is like awesome um so i think for like the most part it's cool i think like there's a little bit of clunkiness when they're saving rocket and they're like downloading the code into his little wires to then put the med pack on them which they taught us how med packs work mm-hmm cool um but it's a little bit just like it's not downloading fast enough and it's like okay <laughs> i thought that was like a little well i think stuff where like where, where the stakes are so high in that moment and it's moving so quickly yes. a lot of questions happen too so you're just like wait what and i know it, like in moments like that you do really have to just kind of go with the vibe sure and be like it doesn't, what they're fucking saying doesn't even matter you know what the emotional stakes yeah. are i get i think it. the I idea is it, supposed but, to be that rocket is letting go so his body his technology is not operating at the full like because he's like i'm going and then as soon as like he's like no not right now it's like yeah kind of thing which is that good emotional beats of it work yeah yeah the you know the plot is not the most important part of a movie and in a scene like that you can understand the emotional weight of what's happening and it and it works so yeah in terms of like what the MacGuffin is like you know it gets them to some interesting places. They retrieve it in a cool way. What more do you fucking want, right? Yeah, I mean, and it makes sense. Like the again, like the MacGuffin fetch quest, like sensibility of like modern cinema and stuff like that. Like it can be used very wrong. Like, but I always bring up like Indiana Jones. 
Those fucking movies are MacGuffin fetch quests, and it's all about how you do it and how it serves both the story and the character. And the whole point of like going to one place and then having to go to another is because, well, they went to that place to get this. But that thing didn't have this because that guy grabbed it. But by going to both of those places, the characters build. So they go up. Now, yeah, are there 27 characters building and going up? Yes, but that's not the fetch yes. quest's fault. I think that's an interesting comparison point, And I only push back against it yes. because Indiana Jones, you know, that's his his deal. It's his job, like even though he's bad a, at it. I, he doesn't yeah. get any of them. No, it's true. <laughs> if I watch a movie that's about a firefighter and I get mad about him putting out fires, I'm a fucking idiot. So, like, that's cool. <laughs> but, like, in, in the MCU, when it's like, okay, these guys aren't necessarily Indiana Jones, but half the movies they might as well be. That's when it's, like, sure. a little annoying. Yes, yes, yes. You know? Like, why like, well, are they... there's 30 movies. I mean, yeah, Rise of like, Skywalker. Oh, thing. That one's, like, the it's worst insane. offender. But also, like, I think a lot of these movies, it's either MacGuffins or it's MacGuffins, but also it's like, and guess what? It's a heist movie. It's like, fuck you. There's a heist scene. And I don't even <laughs> want that. Fuck off. It's like, stop making a heist Edgar movie. Edgar Wright broke it because he was like, <laughs> Ant-Man is going to be a heist movie. And then they fired him and had somebody else yeah. make it. And everyone was like, that's great. That's great. What if Why we made our heist movie? It's like, you know, Solo... Oh God! Is a heist movie. What's the name of the shit in Solo that they gotta keep cold? <laughs> What's oh, it called? Jules? No, it's not Jules. There's that. It's like what are they? It's going like that unobtainium. It's coaxium. That's what it is. It's coaxium. <laughs> God, I just pulled that right fucking out. Yeah, that's insane. they gotta keep the coaxium you could cold. Be wrong, I, believe. I could actually. I could have just made that up. Yeah, I would have been like, that's a great mm-hmm. name. I totally yeah. agree. Unobtainium. That's in. That's in a movie that's good. Avatar. is unobtainium? And (laughs) again, as every little fucking nerd on the internet pointed out when the new Avatar came out, unobtainium is a real element. It is just doesn't exist. I feel like it makes sense, even if that, sure. I think in the context of Avatar, it makes sense because humans went to this planet Mm -hmm. and they are making the naming conventions of these weird resources on this planet. So for them to call it something dumb, like unobtainium makes sense to me. Absolutely. Yeah. But Avatar, good movies. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. There is someone, there is a child walking down the street outside my house that is wearing a very large hat and seems to be carrying something that looks like a robotic version of Sam's head from Trick or Treat. I am not making this up. What the fuck is going on? He's gone. All right, that's it. Never mind. Sorry. Sorry about that. That was... Am I dreaming? What the hell? Am I awake right now? What is this? There's something crazy in that Mike's hard lemonade. Robbie, why do you look like my father all of a sudden? Uh, Um... Yeah, that's uh, you got anything else before we round out? The I mean, episode? there's a lot in there. This is this is I it. love Nathan fill yeah. in as like the guard. He's, I like those he's jokes. fun because he's in he's in the first one at least. I don't know if he's in the second one at all. Uh, he got cut from the second one. Okay, he so was it supposed is fun to that be like, like on a, a poster more... at like a movie theater yeah. on Earth. Uh, okay, he's everyone's favorite sci-fi side character. Yep. And in the first one, he's that like <laughs> where he. The guy that he's an alien, he's an alien right? in the prison. Yeah. That essentially makes like a innuendo joke about uh fucking Chris Pratt 
in the ass. <laughs> like it's, he's just like, I'm going to, I'm going to like, like, uh, I'm going to like soak you up in Peruvian jelly and go to town. Like, you're just like, what? Are, okay. Yeah. It's Can't in wait. your Marvel movie. Perfect. Um, yeah. uh, I, I like the organic, um, like building, like the organic, like structure. I love that shit. It's so fucking gross that was and so neat. cool. Uh, and creative, very James Gunn. Like, right, like what uh, a fun idea to come up with and then just kind of executed like pretty much like perfectly in the sense of like not taking itself too seriously to look too real. Like those suits look so funny, but at yeah. the same time like work and are like recognizable. Um, mm. And uh, I love like all of the, the design of Counter-Earth and how it kind of looks like this like I guess it's it's supposed to be like suburbia slash inner city, you know, like when they're going by like in like the early 90s, because that's apparently like probably when the high evolutionary like visited it. it Yeah, which would which kind of is fun for Peter Quill's character to like go back and kind of be like, what the fuck? Like, this is just like when I left, you know, essentially. Yeah, probably a better moment to introduce the fact that he feels guilt for leaving his family. behind. you think? I do. No, but Mantis already brought it up for no reason. But Mantis brought and it up. He pointed out, why'd you bring that up? So, yeah, so we're good. So we're, we're good. good. So we're fine. Good. Everything's keep keep we're trucking fine. movie. Yeah. Uh we um, have to talk about Open the fucking door. We have to talk about oh, open the fucking the, the door. Fir- the first F bomb in the Marvel Cinematic boy, Universe. Boy, 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 boy. Boy, boy, boy. It was a great Congratulations, scene. everybody. We did it. <laughs> yeah. Uh I mean it's great, you know. I think the internet talked about it enough because that scene was out there. Um but uh yeah, I think it's great that James Gunn got to do it. He is a foul mouthed little boy <laughs> and he's the right person to bring it. And I think that's a great scene. It's not during some like crazy that's, thing. It's just because yeah, I mean, she can't open o- a car door. <laughs> the only other place that I would have wanted it would have been at the end when Rocket says, when he's not going to kill the high evolutionary and he says, because I'm a guardian of the freaking galaxy. If he had yeah, actually like dropped fucking, fucking and played off of the line from volume two. I think he should have killed him. I don't think. I, no, man. Whole- no. He's not he killed so bring many yourself people. to his level, man. This is the whole fucking <laughs> argument of like eugenics yes. and like genocide and people that do this shit. It's like, are you as bad as them? Like, yes. Should you kill Hitler if you ever bumped into him? Yes. But like at the alt- at the end of the day, it's like, is that the morally right thing to do? Plus, I like that he doesn't die because I like it, one, when good bad guys in comic book movies don't die because they get to come back. And two... Well, sometimes they do anyway. And two, I like it when comic book bad guys don't die in movies because that's how comic books work. It's like, well, maybe sure. they'll come back kind of thing. Well, you got to see Killmonger again, so... No resurrections this time. Uh, remember in Endgame when um, all of the ladies got together to fight? Yes. When that happened on my on my most recent watch, Diana next to me went like, Ugh, and I was like, "This is for you, don't you understand?" Like, <laughs> you're gonna spit in hey, their, hey, this you're is, gonna spit this is for in you. their face <laughs> when they did this for you. 
the scene in the boys where they make fun of that is the funniest it, it, fucking I literally shit. said it's that so to her good. too. I was like, remember when yeah, they were like, what is it? So women good. get it done or something like that. Yeah. And they like beat the, they beat the shit. Out of God damn it. <laughs> it's good. Uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy three. It is good. good. I think it's a bitter, it's bittersweet. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, I mean, exciting future for James Gunn, uh, leaving Marvel in the fucking dust to write Superman and spearhead the DC expanded universe. Kind of a, a big I mean, deal. If this Writers Guild, you know, can get what they want, like for, for I like that. I well, I, just like, I phrased AI, that as if like it was AI the Writers did. Guild's fault. <laughs> like I was like, if this Writers Guild could get it shit together, it's like no, no. If the studios can get their shit together with the Writers Guild. They'll just let AI write the Marvel movies because they probably already did. I mean, we talked about that in Star Screen Reports with Joe Russo <laughs> talking about wanting to like have a meet cute Fuck with Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe, Monroe and something. like have sex with her and then have his best friend be what like, what she's a 10 and you're like your, a 6. What if stories became your demented fantasy? Why would you go to the movies anymore? Joe Russo, director of Gray Man. Um, An Avengers Endgame. Yeah, that too. I, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, uh, those you know, guys did support- not direct those movies, man. I'm fucking no. calling it right now. They did Call not it. direct those fucking movies. It makes <laughs> no sense. It makes zero sense. Kevin Feige or somebody else was there being like, the camera goes there. Change this line. Don't do that. <laughs> Put the lights over there. And Joe and Anthony Russo were just like, playing for Can me. I just like be in a scene though? And I'm gay. It's like, I guess. Sure. Go for it. That's fine. Have fun. That's good. Have fun. What about your fantasy? I'm um, going to be a doctor in this one. That's fine, Joe. That's absolutely <laughs> fine. It's okay. Great. You can you can get in there. Uh, Yeah, this is uh, the MCU. I, it, it dawned on me like the MCU is, is going to be kind of forever changed. There's a big there'll be a big Guardians of the Galaxy shaped hole in the heart of uh, this long-running monolithic franchise, you know? So we'll see. We'll see what the future holds, but we'll be here. Marvels are next. We'll be here. We'll be here. Yeah, the MCU has become like your uncle on Facebook at this point. You're just like, wait, what's he doing now? Yeah, he said what? He said what? He He said said the F word? (laughs) He never Uh, says that. He's never been allowed uh, to. (laughs) Uh, This is not the only podcast we do story screen presents dot com <laughs> is a host to many podcasts <laughs> articles and reviews head over to our website to check out all of our amazing content don't forget to check out our patreon where you can find even more exclusive content for three various tiers at low low cost you can uh, support us check out some extra content and maybe get some goodies on the way so please go check that out uh sign up for our newsletter uh, mm-hmm, follow mm-hmm. us on the social medias. Uh, Mike, you got anything to plug? Um, <laughs> no, it's not up yet. Diana, right now, is work. Diana Demiro, my love of my life and partner in crime, is working on a fantastic article about Peter Pan film adaptations because she watched the new David Lowry one. Um, yes, I think was like trying to just like watch David Lowry movies and write an article on that and just ended up watching all of the Peter Pan like film adaptations. We watched Hook the other day because uh, I'm watching that for my next movie daddy as well. Um, God, I, I yeah. love Hook so much. So that's coming up. 
uh, should be up probably in the next week or so. So if you're listening to this a little late, maybe it's already up. Um, but that's going to be a good one because she's literally like becoming Howard Hughes about Peter Pan film adaptations. It's nuts. <laughs> she won't stop talking to me about Hugh Jackman's Blackbeard in Pan. Did you ever see Pan? No, I don't. I didn't it's even like know that one. It's like the prequel exists. one where the bad guy is Blackbeard and Captain Hook is like a young man played by Garrett Hedlund who has two hands. Oh, and he's Peter Pan's friend and he has two why hands. The fuck would they make, why the fuck would they make Buddy, this Buddy, do you know who directed it? Who? Joe Wright, who is oh. a director. He directs movies. That's so fucking weird. I had never seen it, and I watched like I guess there was there was that craze where it's like we, we do must. prequel movies. We now. must we must prequel the movies. No, it's not it's not an adaptation. It's not a remake. This is what happened before. I watched the last half hour of that movie, and it was like, um, hmm, what was it like? Uh, did you ever be walking around like your porch or something, and you notice like a wasp's nest? Yeah. It was like that feeling that you get really, like, oh, fuck. Like, it was like, it was like, oh, it was like no. oh, God, are they already on me? Like, what's happening? Speaking of uh, prequels, Claire's watching uh, Gotham, which is very kind of like similar. I've heard mixed things about it. Generally neutral. It's not like as bad as like, uh, <laughs> you know, the pitch of it is. Yeah, because I think the the pitch of what the show is is so fucking unbelievably dumb. I mean, it's such an easy thing to understand. You're like, oh, so it's just like a cop procedural. But every now and then somebody's just like, he left a question mark on it. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> that's basically what it is. Yeah, that's yeah. Or it's like Penguin being like, I'm bisexual. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> cool. I mean, when you look like um, that, you might as well open up all your options. It's uh, is interesting. I. I'm not necessarily on the journey with her. She, it's kind of like her show to throw on when just, you know, we got nothing else sure. going on. But I, it, it is fascinating. Uh, Jim Gordon can take a lot of bullets and be fine in the next scene. So he's got that going for him. I mean, can't we all? But yeah, so that's that's what I'm doing. Uh, only things I have to plug yeah, are, go for it, man. Uh, please, you know, follow me on the social medias at Rob Bay pretty much everywhere. Uh, I've been doing some freelance writing, so uh, I post usually what I've been writing recently, but you can go over to PCMag.com and check out some of my articles if you search my name, or you can also find a special little article I wrote on Kotaku that is about 420. 420, old news now, but still pretty funny if you want to know which video game merchants have the dankest kush so check that out it is pretty funny some of my best writing to date so I please agree. check that out thank you um so yeah but that's all we got today on the story screens so please uh get the fuck out get, get the out fuck of out of here go get away <laughs> go away it's we over. love you but like you know that's it we're done hanging yeah, out get, go the f- yeah we'll see go you later home. thank you so much for listening peace Bye.